Are you ready to be in prison for six years? No. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome again for a brand new episode. That we are coming to you remotely this time. Today we are talking to you, our listeners, about Mafia 2. Specifically, the remaster, although it applies to the original as well. Because let's be real, the Definitive Edition probably took more away than it actually gave. Yeah, um, it's a great game, don't get me wrong, but there were some major glitches and crashes and restarts that really ultimately took away from the experience. Hey, hey, I enjoyed the floating grass like five feet above the actual ground. Or falling through the game map and dying. Okay. Or, that... ha- or having the uh, sky glitch out and become all psychedelic. Or having a car trip through the ground and start freaking out and just coming in that weird phasing place as it's just half in, half out. Or experiencing a cutscene where the guy's top hat fedora is literally around his neck. Hey, that is a very fancy new style from the 1940s. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Mafia 2. This is a game where you're in 1940s. You get to enjoy the entire life of of uh, fake New York. Sorry, Empire Bay. Yes, don't get the towns mixed up. <laughs> and this time, if y'all recall, we uh, one of our previous episodes, we recorded Mafia, which took place in the 30s during the Depression. This one, uh, ma- the original Mafia, ends in 1938. This fast-forwards half a decade and and literally tosses you straight into the war in 1943 in Italy. Aren't you in... Wait, Sicily or Italy? Sicily is in Italy. I feel like somebody's going to come and correct you on that one. Uh, I, okay, well, you're in the... Uh, it is Italy, though. I did check that. He okay. is fighting in Italy. I don't know if it's Sicily, but he's fighting in Italy somewhere. All right. So you're fighting in World War II. You're Vito Scaletta. You just got arrested for, what was it, like petty theft? Uh, Yes, and they said you can either go to prison or you can go fight in the war because they needed people that spoke the language in Italy. And if you're a smart guy, you're going to hop in the war as opposed to go to prison. Exactly. So Vito spends... A solid two years, learning to train, learning to fight, and becoming an overall badass. Pretty much. Because your first mission is literally storming a manor in some Italian town square. And all hell is breaking loose around you. And you're about to die before the reinforcements come in. And that is when the Don of the town, can't remember his name, literally gets them to stop fighting just because he asked them to. That's how much respect they had for the Dawn. Which might have been a myth in real life, but it's fun here. It works. (laughs) Just begins Vito's uh, fascination with the Mafia. Yes, and then, after the initial uh, intro, we'll call it the introduction of the game, it fast-forwards two years to Empire Bay, 1945, two years later. You're already two years ahead. Well, no, uh, when he was in Italy, it was 1943. Huh. Yeah. I, okay, so I'm not been confused on the story because I thought because he got wounded from that battle, he had to go home. No, um, he got wounded a couple years later during Battle of the Bulge in 1945. A German shot him. Okay, yeah, all right. 
Yeah, yeah. Man, I am way off on this timeline. <laughs> all good, all good. I'll set you straight. But yeah, uh, he comes back, I think, in like February 1945. It's winter, cold, there's snow everywhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, Vito has a childhood best friend named uh, Joe Barbaro, who picks him up from the airport and kind of tells him what's been going on since he left town. Yeah, he was like, hey, I'm kind of close to the mob guys, you know? I'm on the up and up. He's like, you need some work? Hey, you need to make some money? I know a guy. He takes old cars. And that turns out really well for Vito. Not. So Vito decides to join Joe Barbero, who first gives him the most random fact that I know that the Mafia actually did during World War II, and it was actually fake medical papers so people can uh, escape the war, really. So Joe single-handedly gets vetoed, well, with the help from some friends, gets vetoed discharged from the army so he can stay home. Which is surprisingly accurate to real life. Apart from bootlegging, gun running, and pushing drugs, they also gave out fake discharge papers. Oh yeah. So when Vito ends up coming back to Empire Bay, you start out slow, Joe's got some work for you, you do these jobs, and it pretty much escalates with you... Uh, Stealing uh, gas rations from the war and selling them on the black market. Hey, we forgot about the main reason he tried to make money. Apparently his deadbeat dad was like, hey, I'm going to take $2,000, K- which is an insane amount of money in our time right now. And had to have been astronomical in 1945. Yeah, so, so a little bit of backstory. Vito's dad has just passed away recently uh, while he was in the war. And... Uh, he ha- Vito has a sister and an elderly mother that he looks after, and they both owe money to the mob, and Vito's trying to pay off their mob debt. Which, taken for inflation, would be about $31,000 today. Ouch. Ugh. Yeah. I can't pay that off. No. No. Let alone to a loan shark who's going to be like, hey, if you don't pay it back in a week, we're going to... It it goes up another ten grand. Very incentive, painful incentive. Starting with the uh, kneecaps. No, you got to work your way small. You got to go finger joints and work your way up to hand. You're right. You're right. Knuckles, thumb, wrist bone, elbow. So back to back to what I was talking about, Uh, Joe hooks Vito up with these uh, side jobs to help him pay off his debt, which culminates in him stealing gas rations for the war. Now, for those of you that don't know what gas rations are, during World War II, everything was being rationed from rubber to uh, brass, uh, pretty much everything. And you'd have these gas ration cards that would uh, allot you maybe five gallons of gas for the week or whatever. And uh, anyway, Vito... Starts, uh, he gets these gas ration cards and he thinks, oh, I'll make a quick buck selling these back to people. And it kind of backfires. Yeah, because one of the gas station attendants flip on him and uh, reports him for fraud. And he winds up getting sentenced to 10 years in prison. Yeah, that's not good at all. No. While in prison, he meets uh, an elder mob boss by the name of Leo Galanti. Who is an undead motherfucker? Seriously, 
no spoilers here, but this guy is somehow still alive in Mafia 3 in 1968, and he looks old in this game. <laughs> yeah. If I were to guess, he, I'd say he'd be, he's about late he's, 60s of this game. He's probably like late 50s, early 60s in this game, and he's got to be like 80 in Mafia 3. So, you're in prison, you spend about six years fighting mm-hmm. around becoming close with the mob in there. I want to stop you right there real quick because it's while he's in prison that he learns how to fight with his fists. Army trained him in gun combat, but it's in prison where he learns to fight with his fists. And Leo is basically becomes a father figure to Vito while he's in prison. So what you're saying is while he's in prison, he got a lot of hands-on experience with other guys. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, yeah. yeah, and he also takes out some big Irish bloke who's been uh, intimidating him up until this point. Mm-hmm. Now he becomes buddy buddy with Leo Galanti. Now Leo is uh, getting out. His sentence ends before Vito's, but he tells him, "I'll be hey, I'll be getting out of here soon. I'll see what I can do for you as opposed to uh, reducing your sentence or getting out getting you out of here faster." And true to his word, Leo ends up cutting off four years from Vito's sentence, and he ends up back in Empire Bay in 1951, and things have drastically changed. Uh, you go from these 40s-style cars and these old uh, show tunes to rock and roll, early rock and roll. Yeah, but one of the bigger news is while he was in prison, he lost all his money just to pay for his mother's funeral. Yeah, uh... He had uh, someone hold on to his money for him, hoping he could uh, provide a better life for his family and his mother, and it ends up going to her funeral because she winds up getting sick and dying while he's in prison. Yeah, this is literally the point of this game, where you could grind up your money from the very beginning and lose it all due to the story, no matter how many times you do it. Oh, yeah. You could literally be selling old cars to Mm -hmm. the junkyard. Make like $400 a pop. Go out and buy a fancy suit and have it be wasted later on the story. Pretty much. Now, one thing that I do love about this game is the attention to detail because things... When you start off in the game, it's winter. T- it's set in winter time in the 40s, 1945. And when you get out of prison, it's suddenly summertime, 1951. So the city looks completely different when it's not covered in snow. And the cars have changed because you're now in the 50s as opposed to the 40s. So everything from the music to the setting to uh, the cars changes. And it drastically changes the look of the game. Oh yeah, go from these nice little old retro cars to these uh, soap bars. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, cars with like a little windshield popping out. If you flip over these cars, you're gonna die. Oh yeah. Well, that goes for any of these cars because there's no airbags, there's no uh, crumple zones. It's just basically a metal box. <laughs> a metal box that goes vroom vroom. And no seat belts either. Please. <laughs> Safety didn't exist back then. What are you trying to do? Survive your drive? Right. Are you trying to get to where you're going unharmed? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'll have Chase take over on this part. So, what happens to Vito uh, after he gets out of prison in 1951? What happens next? 
Well, they start working for the uh, Falcone organization, all right? One of the big three mafioso family types. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, after learning about some distasteful drug operations going on with another family, they're like, hey, let's go assassinate the Don. He's in a hotel skyrise. We have a couple of guys. We have a bomb. Let's go uh, knock him out. That was one of the highlights of the game for me. Uh, one of my favorite missions. You literally end up taking the, win- the uh, window washer platform on the side of the building down uh, to, I think, the 27th floor or whatever, just a few floors down from the roof and set up this bomb to take the guy out. And, of course, the guy's in the bathroom and survives. Hey, nothing about that mission goes as planned, okay? No. <laughs> like, just beginning, as you're pulling up into the hotel garage, you have to wait for the guy who, your inside man, to open the back door. But, just because you're Vito, you're impatient, you decide to go all the way around just to find a way to open a door, only for that one guy to pop up and be like, hey, I'm sorry I'm late. Whoops. And but we should also talk about... The story, though. Like, that's a part yeah. of the story, because no matter how long you actually wait outside that door with Joe, the story's not going to continue until you physically walk your ass around. Also, we should take a moment to speak about uh, Joe's... Is it his nephew? Or he's got this young friend that goes with them that's the wheel man? Yeah, the neighbor kid. Yeah, the neighbor kid. I, we can't... Do you know his name? I can't remember. I think it was Marty. Marty, that's it. Yep. Uh, Marty is this uh, fresh kid who's uh, basically the fountain of youth. He's all excited. It's his first big job, and he's real excited to be in on it. Uh, And that's going to come back to haunt Joe here in a little bit. I mean, Marty's chilling out. He gets told to wait in the car, be in the garage, keep the car running, and just chill out. All right? Mm-hmm. Then you find your disguises. You put on a fake mustache just because you're Mario now. Which, let's be honest, the mustache fools no one. They see the guy who gave him the uh, the gas rationing job, Henry, and they're like, what the fuck is Henry doing here? They're like, he's cool, he's leaving. Then uh, you're sent to, uh, you're, you're stealing these janitor outfits. So uh, you're sent to clean up a mess which someone air quote, fell, fell several times and, in a puddle of blood. Against the table, against the wall. Maybe some got on the glass as well. Yeah, yeah, so you're sent to clean it up. Well, that's when uh, you take the time to hook up the bomb and get the fuse ready. Next thing you know, they're heading to the roof to get everything set up when they realize that there's men on the uh, roof that they have to take out. And so you take him out with, an ex, uh, with a nice pistol with an extended Mac magazine. Yes. And that's when you decide to take the uh, windshield washer, or windshield, window washer platform down uh, to uh, the floor that they're at, where you wait out to make sure that they're all in there. And things don't really go to plan after that. <laughs> I mean, sure, the bomb goes off, but it goes off too soon. Your mm-hmm. main target is in the bathroom who survives it. 
And now you have to go after him and literally fight through sprinklers going off and Molotov cocktails and take out everyone in the hotel. As soon as you get down to the garage, you find out they killed Marty, the poor guy sitting in the car, and they just you have to be like, I'm sorry, Marty, but we have to go. We have to leave you behind. And that is when you uh, end up chasing after him. And uh, I think you're in like a Ford Falcon or something. It's meant to look like a Ford Falcon anyway. But uh, you and Joe go after the guy. I mean, you literally hunt him down in the streets. You cause all sorts of mayhem. You kill him. Then you pump an extra uh, clip into him. Just for like, this is for Marty, motherfuck. Yeah. And Joe doesn't take Marty's death very well. Uh, next thing you know, you get a call from a uh, local bar saying, Hey, can you pick up your friend? He's disrupting everything. He's waving a gun around. Uh, you need to do something about your friend. Yeah. You wake up in the middle of the night. You go pick up Joe, who's in a bar. He freaked everyone out. He's waving a gun, and he shoots the bartender as he's trying to lock up the door. So you have to take Joe, take the body of the bartender, drop off Joe, then dump the body of the poor bartender. Yes. Now, I'm going to continue because this is where it gets a little fuzzy for me. What happens right after that? Now you've... Meet up with Henry. He's like, hey, I recognize you two from the hotel bombing. Those fake mustaches weren't fooling anyone, Mario and Luigi. <laughs> so, he's like, hey, I want in on the family. Can I help you out? I know a guy. Who knows a guy? So he's like, alright, Vito, I'm gonna vouch for you, because we go way back. You got me sent to prison, but I'm still gonna vouch for you. And this is when you get involved in the triads, the Chinese mafia. And during this time, you learn that Vito really has no one in his life because his own sister, Francesca, is like, Vito, honey, my husband, he's a dirtbag. Go talk to him. So you end up going to this cat house where Vito's sister's uh, husband is at and basically just beat the crap out of the guy and tell him, next time you touch my sister, I'm putting you in the ground. Fast forward a little bit to where Vito gets back to the house. He gets a call from his sister saying, just stay away from us. You're dangerous. I don't know who you are anymore. Yeah, so that's where Vito loses all contact with his sister, making Joe pretty much the only person Vito has left. Yes. Now, um, fast forward a little bit further into the game. You find out that Henry is actually a rat working with the feds. Oh, wait. You don't know that. Because Henry decides to uh, get into the drug trade himself. Uh He goes to a loan shark. The same loan shark who later on admits to you that, hey, I know you. I got money from your dad. Yeah. But Henry's like, hey, we're going to go get some cocaine. We're going to go split it out. But that kind of causes an issue with the triads. Who are like, we're going to kill Henry right now and you're not going to do anything. But Joe and Vito are like, oh, hell no. We're going to avenge Henry. We're going to go to a Chinese restaurant and kill all the triads in there. 
including the mob boss. Then things get a bit shadier from there. They find out Henry was a rat. Yeah, and then they lost end all up... the money. Oh, we skipped something. We skipped something. Uh, Henry ends up having to... this before he dies. Henry ends up having to take out a hit on Vito's friend Leo Galanti, who got him out of prison. Now, uh, Vito ends up uh, saving Leo, and that ends up uh, working in his favor later on in the game. Leo ends up skipping town uh, and making a deal with Henry before uh, the hit gets taken out. Now, fast forward a bit, we find out that Henry's a rat, and Henry gets killed, yada, yada, yada. Now, after... You the war to triads... After they kill the, uh, after they end up killing uh, the Chinese mob boss with the triads, Leo ends up back in town and says, "You screwed up big time, didn't you? You started a whole war. Well, now you got to fix things." Yeah. Leo comes back to town just to make sure everything's a little bit more grateful, you know. Yeah. And. So- they try to make as much money as they can just to try to pay off the loan shark as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And so they come into the post credit scene of Mafia 1. Yes, this is where the games actually tie together. You see, Leo and Joe end up taking a hit out on the original protagonist from Mafia 1, Tommy Angelo. And Tommy Angelo is just chilling out, watering his plants peacefully as an informant and they're like we're gonna drive up and say what was his name like uh salieri yeah don salieri sends his regards boom shotgun blast to the stomach taking out this old man Mm -hmm. and next thing you know you have like a five-star wanted level on you god this is probably the hardest part of the game if i'm being honest (laughs) getting rid of the Go ahead. Yeah, you're pretty much in a Ford Thunderbird trying to outrun a hundred police officers on your tail. Mm-hmm. Go yeah, on. Yeah, a pretty hard game. Yeah, the the cops are relentless in this game, I will say that. Um, so, fast-forwarding a little bit further, uh, Joe goes missing. No one's heard from him. You have to go find out what happened to Joe. Turns out the Vinci family kill- kidnaps him. Mm-hmm. And you wind exactly. and you wind up getting knocked out, and next thing you know, you're waking up next to Joe hanging from a pipe at the top of a high rise building that's under construction. And you know why you're up there? It's because you sparked a war between the mafia and the triads. Womp womp. Uh so, so you get sent to a final mission as soon as you kill your way out of the skyscraper. Oh wait, we're skipping something. Uh the guy that killed Vito's father. Um, oh, yeah, we forgot about Derek, the fat bastard. Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So early on the game, your mother wants you to work... Get an a, honest living, basically. An honest living working as a dock worker, right? Uh-huh. You get paid 10 bucks to move a bunch of boxes, and you have to do that for about three boxes before your character gives up and is like, hey, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. Pretty much. Then Derek's like, hey, I know you. No, I know Joe Barbero's name. 
Does Joe Barbero know you? Let me call him as I pull out a pistol and point it at you. He may not be home. That would be bad if he's not at home. So Derek confirmed this you. So you have to go out and uh, collect $10 from every worker to pay the barber. Meaning that if you had stayed and worked your honest living, you would have ended up not having any money anyway. So fuck Derek. Fuck the dark workers. Later on the game, you find out he's also part of the mafia too, so he's not exactly an honest man himself. And you find out that through the dock workers, you find out Derek was the one that had your father killed. Yeah. So you uh, turn your back on Derek and shoot him down. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now we can fast forward. His missions was one of the painful ones for me because he was on a second floor throwing Molotovs that had insane reach. And he also had just an insane amount of men with him, too. <laughs> I mean, you can only do so much with a Tommy gun here. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the hardest mission now that I think of it. <laughs> but anyway, back to where we were at. So you and Joe escape this high-rise, and Leo uh, tells you, you basically gotta cut all these loose ends and fix everything, or else we're putting a hit out on you. The only reason you're not dead right now is because you did for me and you saved my life, so I pulled in a favor for you. Yeah, all you have to do is kill the Don Carlo, and everything will be set. And the the final mission takes place in the Planetarium Observatory. So, you're storming the gates, you kill all these former Mafia guys, they're former friends of your family, just to hunt down Carlo, and as soon as you get to the main Planetarium room... You find Joe, Barbero, pointing a gun at you. Dun, dun, dun. Joe was like, hey, he told me I could be a cap... What was it, a capo or a... I think so, a capo. And Vito's basically like, if you're going to point that thing at me, you better pull the fucking trigger. In which case, Joe looks at him and says, what do you say we take this fucker out? And it the game culminates... In a uh, gun battle between you, uh, with you and Joe facing against the mob boss and all of his henchmen. Yeah, so you take out Carlo, and Leo comes out of nowhere like, "Hey, I'm, let's go celebrate! Let's go to the cat house, boys! Here's one car for Joe, one car for me and Vita. We'll meet you there." But as they're going down the street, all of a sudden Joe's car takes a right, and he's like, "Vito's like, what the hell's going on?" And he goes, "Leo goes." Sorry, kid, but Joe wasn't part of our deal. In which case, Vito just kind of stares off into space as the camera pans up over the city and the credits start forming. See, on paper, this story is a good story. But in execution, thanks to the geniuses that did the remaster, it is a glitchy mess. And we have no one to think to but uh, D3T LLC. LTD, sorry. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, um, this game crashes on you. It crashed on me several times. Uh, you'll experience lag. Uh, sometimes during cutscenes, a character's face will just go crazy. I remember during one cutscene, you're in the park, and this guy's fedora hat is literally around his neck. Um, but other than that, there was actually more controversy around the development just because it took so long. Like, they began development for this game in 2004. This game didn't come out till 2010. Oh, wow. Another thing we need to discuss is uh, the (laughs) F-bombs. Yeah. 
All right. If you think we were being generous with RF bombs, no, this game goes at the extra mile. It's like the Scarface of video games. Oh, even the Scarface video game didn't even compare to this game. Doesn't this hold a record for most F-bombs in a video game? Currently, yes. Wow. Records. Guinness World Records themselves gave Mafia 2 the most F-bombs in a single game. (laughs) Nice. And it beat out a 2009 Wii game, House of the Dead Overkill. Oh, wow. And just the fact that it beat GTA for F-bombs is kind of amazing, too. GTA wasn't even under running, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so You're going to um, hear the F-bombs. You're going to hear some casual 1940s, 1950 racism. Like, nothing escapes this game, all right? They're going for authentic. They got authentic here. Oh, yeah. Joe constantly calls the Chinese triads uh, you can hear all kinds of racial slurs in this game. I'm not going to repeat them all, but yeah. So we've discussed the plot. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we take some time to discuss some sales figures and how much uh, you can expect to pay for this game if you're wanting to play it on the original PS3 or 360 or the remaster? All right. So let's be real. You want to talk about sales? This game did okay. It did better than Mafia Three. I mean, Mafia the original one. Because that did about $3 million. This did $5 million. Ah, nice. So you're seeing a nice little projection of uh, increase here. Mm-hmm. Then the prices right now are pretty cheap, actually, for, for the PS3 and the 360. If you want to get a loose, just a CD only, it's about 5 to $6 for both. Oh, wow. If you want the box, you want the complete edition, maybe there's a manual, I'm not sure. You can get it for around... $11 for the PS3, $7.50 for the Xbox 360. Okay, so not bad, still reasonable. And if you want it brand new because you like that plastic wrapper around your case, you can expect about $25 to $30 for either. Yes, yes. Now um, now that we've talked sales figures and... Uh, you want to play it on a modern console? I'm talking PS4, PS5, Xbox One... Xbox Series XS. It's about $30 on the marketplace right now. And while the definitive edition might have some touched-up graphics, I would still recommend just just play this on PS3 or 360 because you will save yourself the headache of all the glitches and the game crashes. And overall, it's cheaper. If you have a 360 laying around, go for it. Oh, yeah. That's how I would play it, personally. The only um, reason you're playing this on a modern console is it comes with the benefits of if you have the other games in the series, Mafia 1, Mafia 3, in your library, you can unlock their cars and their clothes. Yeah, you can blast around in Lincoln Clay's vehicle and completely destroy the police officers chasing you and get away scot-free. <laughs> Nobody's going to expect a 1960s muscle car blasting through the streets of New York City, Empire Bay. In the 1950s. Now, um, one other thing I wanted to touch on is... Uh, sorry, having a brain fart here. Um, the uh, music in this is really good, too. Because when you start the game, it's 1940, so you're listening to a lot of like jazz and uh, Motown-type stuff. When Vito gets out of prison, suddenly the scene's changed. It's all like Chuck Berry, uh, Little Richard, early 1950s rock and roll. So it definitely... 
changes the whole atmosphere of the game and the cars are a little bit quicker the 50s cars as opposed to the 40s cars so i do like the attention to detail there and how they made it this is really the only game in the series where uh the timeline shifts because if you think about it mafia one's more linear there's no pause it's like 1930 to 1938 but it's all linear there's no disruption in it here you end up skipping about six years, so you get to see how times change kind yeah. of instantly. Like in the first half of the game, you have the winter weather, you have the ice on the ground, you have your cars slipping around all over the place. Mm-hmm. And in the 1950s, you have it like perfect summer. You get to enjoy oh, yeah. the actual color of the grass and the trees. And I like how they uh, incorporated the handling characteristics of the cars. Like the 50s cars are really floaty. Uh, the brakes like to lock up, and you see puffs of smoke come out of the wheels whenever you slam on the brakes. So it's really realistic in that aspect. Yeah, in terms of driving, this is one of the more realistic games out there. Oh, yeah. You got people talking crap about your driving if you happen to blow through too many red lights. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, what's going on? You have a waiting problem? <laughs> yeah. But uh, in terms of the whole series, we have we have yet to review Mafia 3 yet, but having played all three, because just because of the glitchiness, I'm going to have to say this is probably my least favorite of the series of all three. And also, I just think in terms of story, this is probably the least interesting story of the three. I mean, it's a good story, but... I don't find Vito's character as interesting as Tommy Angelo or Lincoln Clay. I think Yahtzee said it best when he said, Mafia 2 is a story about where crime does not pay. It literally doesn't. This is definitely, out of the three storylines, the most depressing one. <laughs> it doesn't act exactly have a happy ending. Now, just because, yeah, pretty much, I mean, you have no real family to go home to. And this may be a spoiler, but... After this game, Vito ends up getting exiled. He he can no longer stay in his home of Empire Bay. Winds up in uh, New Bordeaux in New Orleans, where years later he bumps into Lincoln Clay. So it it really is a sad story for Vito. <laughs> yeah, but until then, we're still in Mafia Two. We're still in exactly. 1951. Yes. And, oh, I will say this. One good thing, if you are going to play the remaster, the only saving grace about the remaster is it comes complete with all the DLC. But I didn't really find most of the DLC that interesting or that engaging. The only one that's semi-interesting is the one involving Joe Barbaro because it tells you what he was up to while uh, Vito was in jail. I mean, the first two DLCs were about some hitman named Jimmy. I'm like, who the fuck is Jimmy? Sorry, Jimmy. But yeah, <laughs> who the fuck is this Jimmy? He's a bald motherfucker just chilling out, just killing people. And there's really nothing to do. You just basically build up a score from headshots and driving crazy. There's really not no point to it. Then the third one is literally Joe's adventure and just bridges a gap between the two time periods just to figure out what's going on with Joe. Yeah. I, and I'll be honest, I didn't even finish that one, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, the DLC on this one, uh, yeah. Uh, if if you want to go for completionist, sure, but, I mean, as far as DLCs go, this was pretty weak. I will say, the collectibles have uh, 
been oh, interesting. The, pin the, the pinups, yeah, there's some pretty good pinups in here. I will say that. <laughs> Just because this is a linear game, you have to go back and play each individual chapter if you want to look for them. But scattered throughout the storyline are Playboy articles, sorry, Playboy magazines you can just pick up and just look at and stare at. Which is actually historically inaccurate considering Playboy didn't come out till like 1953 and this game is 1951. <laughs> but, I mean... Historically accurate, but I do appreciate them. I really do, yeah. Uh, how can you not appreciate that? I also appreciate that the fact that the game itself was like, hey, we kept track of how long you opened up to each Playboy just to look at it. Just so we know how perverted you are. Last time I checked on my uh, game, I had about three and a half minutes of total playtime, total staring time. Do I need to tell Lauren about this? No, she's cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, I will say that there are pinups in Mafia 3, but the Mafia 2 ones are much more enjoyable. I mean, it's just something about the uh, classic 1950s model era. Oh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about gameplay now. Um, you do have cover. You can hide behind cover in this. The It's your typical shoot 'em up I mean, nothing stands out as far as the guns or the weapons that, that are at your disposal. However, uh, once again, I'm going to go into the driving dynamics of this game. We forgot to touch on this. You, there is some vehicle customization available. You can uh, customize your car to run a little faster, handle a little better, and you can also change the license plate number if you're wanted by the police. I mean, it doesn't take much to get wanted by the police. Just flip them Not off. Not really. I mean, don't they go after you if you speed as well? Yeah. That's why every time I uh, see uh, a police car coming up on the map, I'm just like, nope, hit the X button, flip over to uh, safe driving. Yes. And that saves you several times in this game. So, um, is there anything else you want to touch on, Chase? Let's see. We already go over how the story is dark and depressing and nobody wins here. Uh-huh. We already said that the gameplay is a lot like... The gameplay is dark and depressing and glitchy. <laughs> no, I mean, this story would only take you about 16 hours just to beat it. All right. Just and and I don't want to sound like I'm being overly negative on the game because it's not a bad game. It's just the glitches really take away from it. And if you're a Mafia fan and you're wanting to play these in order, I do recommend at least play through because once you get to Mafia 3, there's going to be some aspects of the game that you're not going to understand if you haven't played Mafia 2. But here's the thing. As a sequel to the original Mafia game on the PlayStation 2, this does its job pretty well. Yeah, and it's definitely better graphics than the original Mafia on PS2. So, I mean, it. like I said, if you're going to play this, just get the PS3 or the 360 version. Um, the only reason you would want the remaster is for the DLC, and I'm not even sure it's worth it at that. I will say that there is some controversy around this game, so unlike GTA, GTA this cannot escape it. Go on. Yeah, because this is Mafia, you're in fake New York. Sorry, you're in Empire Bay. You have people who call for this game to be banned, mostly because uh, a daughter of a Sicilian journalist was murdered by the Mafia in the 90s, and so she wants this game banned because it glorifies violence. Oh boy. But isn't you know, that like, with any game that involves violence? Yeah. 
I mean, it's not like we're in set in New York, New York City. I will say this. There is a lot more blood in this than there is in GTA. Um, especially the scene where they kill Henry, the triads in the street. <laughs> they don't shoot Henry in the streets. They take meat cleavers to him. And, yeah, I mean, he's a bloody mess by the time you get to him. So it is a violent game, and I would argue that it's probably even more violent than GTA. As far as, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's more violent. I would just say it's more uh, brutally violent. Like, uh, there's a lot more blood, and it's a lot more detailed. There's another organization called Unico, which represents Italian-Americans, okay? They accuse Take-Two, the main company behind 2K Games, as portraying all Italian and Italian-Americans as violent gangsters. Oh boy. Why would Take-Two foist a game on their targeted audience of young people wherein they will indoctrinate a new generation into directly associating Italians and Italian-Americans with violent, murderous, organized crime to the exclusion of all the other mafias run by ethnic and racial groups. Oh boy. Take-Two is directly, blatantly, and unfairly discriminating and demeaning one group to the exclusion of all others. We are demanding they halt the release of the game and cleanse it of all references to Italian and Italian-Americans. Wow. I'm not going to lie. If you took out the Mafia, Mafia 2, if you took out the Italians, you're going to ruin what makes Mafia Mafia, right? Exactly. It's, not called, it's called the Mafia because it's only Italians. It's the Italian mob. And sure, they probably could have added more, more fights with like the Italian mob or, I don't even, more triad screen time, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you can't really fix a story that's focused on the Mafia to remove what makes it the Mafia. Exactly. So, um... Like, this game is rated M. Young people are not playing this game. You have young adults playing this game. Pretty much. Yeah. So, I, I will give them props for making an authentic game. And uh, I'm, I, I am going to recommend it, but I recommend it on the original 360 and PS3. I do not recommend it in the remaster. I say recommend it, play the story, try to enjoy it while you can, but also play it cheaply as much as you can. And I'll say this, if the only way you can play the game is through the remaster, then it's still worth it but you're going to have a less fun time. <laughs> I will still wait for the sale because I checked today. It, is on, it goes on sale frequently. It's about $9 on sale. Shit, I overpaid. <laughs> I need me too. Oh, well. Well, I think that just about wraps us up. Do you have any closing remarks, Chase? Um, right now I have nothing. You All can. Right. We do have some more stuff for you down in the pipeline, including a little... uh. We're going to do something special for the Christmas holiday. We got a game in mind. We're going to do an actual Christmas title. Uh, and uh, we do have some other stuff in the pipeline. You'll be hearing from us soon. Uh, we also have merch um, that you can find on Threadless. That really helps us out, keeps us going. Uh, we appreciate your patronage. And you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, sometimes YouTube. Anywhere else, Chase? No, pretty much it. Yeah. Sometimes Twitter, too. Mm-hmm. Well, until next time, my name is Jimmy. I'm Chase. We will see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye.